Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Please be seated. On this feast day of our namesake and patron saint, St. Edward the Confessor, we will continue our journey through St. Paul's second letter to his disciple, Timothy. We turn the pages from last week in the first chapter to this week, where in the second chapter, Paul gives the quickest and most concise statement about the gospel. It really is the briefest statement you will ever hear concerning the gospel. He writes, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David, that is my gospel. Now, most of us probably would not explain the gospel in those exact terms, but for a first century Jewish convert to Jesus, this was important. The gospel comes through Jesus Christ. The hope is found in the resurrection, and it fulfills Old Testament prophecy. And that's the gospel. And that's the gospel that Paul preached. And that's the gospel for which Paul suffered all kinds of hardship and torture and struggle. And it would ultimately cost him his life as a martyr. Paul lived out what he preached as he spoke these words to Timothy. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. All of these phrases have in its backdrop the view of Christ's resurrection and our future resurrection. St. Paul was crucified with Christ. He did not live for his own glory, as he wrote in Philippians chapter 1. Paul endured the hardship that Christ predicted when Jesus said, If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Paul also refused to deny Jesus Christ. Again, echoing the words of Jesus who said, Whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Matthew chapter 10. And even in moments of doubt, Jesus is still faithful. Faithful to go through a secret trial. Faithful to be tortured. Faithful to walk the road of Calvary. To die on the cross all of that while knowing that many would reject him. He died fully God and fully man. He remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. And this, this is the truth that Paul reminds us of. They are words of power. They are words of hope. They are words of sacrificial love. And yet so often we can lose sight of such truth, of such power, and get caught up in the politics of the church, get caught up in the gossip of the parish, the frustration over words. Paul writes, remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good but only ruins those who are listening. Now Paul is saying more than just politics and the gossip of the church those words are important too but Paul has more in mind particularly particularly he has the word of the gospel in mind he has holy scripture in mind that's the context 
For instance, Paul mentions the resurrection. He said, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Now, some academics and some clergy would suggest that it doesn't really matter if the resurrection of Jesus really happened as an actual real-life event. A few, even in our own denomination, would take that position. They suggest that it doesn't matter if Jesus Christ really rose from the grave, but what's important is the spiritual experience that we have by believing in such a story. What's important is how our lives change because of the story, not if the story really happened or not. And this idea, this wrangling over the words, is not a new phenomenon. Some thought similar ideas about the resurrection of our Lord about 100 years after Paul. It's not just in our generation of people that we find it hard to believe that people come back from the dead. We don't see that every day. They didn't then either. So is it important that Jesus really did rise from the grave? The resurrection is the climax of history. Combined with the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is essential to the Christian faith. Why? Why is it? Well, the resurrection declares the goodness of the physical creation. It's not just a spiritual experience, but a theologically charged statement about the physical world, that God created the world good. The resurrection declares the promise of God to renew his creation. The resurrection proclaims the justice of God, Jesus Christ, who was without sin, took on our sin, and death could not keep him in the grave. The resurrection gives us hope that we too would rise from the grave. The resurrection was the fulfillment of the prophecies that Jesus Christ predicted concerning himself. Without the resurrection, Jesus Christ would be a false prophet. Without the resurrection, there would be no need to expect a second coming. Without the resurrection, the world would never be put to rights at the end of the age. And where is the justice in that? And to declare that the resurrection is just about my spiritual experience or my spiritual transformation is to take the focus of the resurrection away from God and away from the gospel, away from the world, and put the focus on me and my experience, which happens already too much in our world as we make the focus on us and our experiences. Typically, when we misread scripture, we inevitably put the focus on ourselves. We usually create or imagine a God in our likeness, not a God who created us in his likeness. There is no church without the resurrection. The whole hope of the gospel is lost without the resurrection. And this is why Paul, eight verses later, writes, have nothing to do with stupid and senseless controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kindly to everyone, an apt teacher, patient, correcting opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant that they will repent and come to know the truth. Understanding the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is important. In the early church, as we read in the book of Acts, as we can read, gathered together for prayers, and they gathered together for fellowship and communion. And it says in Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It doesn't say, and everyone in the church came up with their own interpretation. 
We understand the words of God through the church by the power of the Holy Spirit. The church today and the church through the years, we call it the tradition, we call it orthodox. So what is asked of us? What is our role in all of this? How are we to discern the words of God? Well, our passage from 2 Timothy ends with this verse. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. Last week, Paul mentioned in our second reading, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. And today, he mentions that word again, ashamed. Last week, it had to do with our beliefs as Christians, what we believe about the Lord Jesus Christ and and how we confess that belief to the people around us. Are we ashamed or not of that? And in our text today, it it is about the word of truth. When Paul writes, present yourself to God as one approved, it it is as an image of an apprentice preparing and training for an examination. He must figure out what standards of knowledge expository skill, historical and literary judgment and spiritual understanding are required for the job. Make sure they possess the skills and then you will be an unashamed workman. Be proud of what you accomplish. When Tara and I were married, we left our hometown and traveled to San Antonio, Texas. Beautiful place. And we both attended college there. And we had a small trailer that we rented on the campus of the school and it came mostly furnished. However, as is usual in college, we started to collect books and found ourselves in need of a bookshelf. And so wanting to save money, I decided to build one. I was about 21 years old and I bought some wood, I bought a hammer, I got some nails and a saw and then I got to work. And it didn't take me long to build it and my wife could tell. (laughs) The bookshelf was wobbly, it was crooked, And it looked like what it was, nailed together two by fours and plywood. (laughs) If you asked Tara about this bookshelf, she would probably laugh. It's not my best moment. I'm a bit ashamed of that so-called bookshelf. Now in our current residence, our book collection has increased substantially since my very early 20s. And we have a great space in our living room where bookshelves were needed. And guess what? I'm not building them. A friend who is a carpenter is building them. He's a real professional. These ones don't wobble, they aren't crooked, and they all have the finishing touches on them. They look great and will do the job for many, many years. My friend has nothing to be ashamed of. And that's the kind of effect Paul wants us to strive for in understanding and teaching of scripture and the gospel. When it comes to interpretation of scripture, Don't settle for wobbly bookshelves, but study to be like the professional carpenter. Learn to rightly divide the word of truth. Carve out a straight path on God's holy scriptures and don't get caught up in the wrangling over words which does no good but only ruins those who are listening. May we be students of God's holy word. May we not be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. And may we boldly and graciously share the good news of God to our friends, to the clerk at the store, 
to our doctors, to our friends, to our family. And may our lives be living examples of the revelation of God found in our holy scriptures. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.